Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. I talk to high school kids all the time. and They're like, oh, but how do I get to work for you or blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, there are other trades out there. Construction is struggling to find electricians, plumbers, um, HVAC techs. And those guys can make six figures easily. It's just that we, we push college so heavily and then that kind of pushes out a lot of people that, you know, have other goals and aspirations. All right, guys. Well, if you have a fuck you, you know what to do. Send them to blackatworkpod at gmail.com. Okay. <laughs> All right, y'all. This um, fuck you comes from Deja and she has in parentheses, this is my fake name, LOL. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so my first time listening to you all show was last week and I love it. <laughs> Thank you, Deja. <laughs> Thank you, girl. I was screaming and yelling at the phone the whole time like I was talking to y'all, LOL. <laughs> anyway, the dude working at the hotel reminded me of my job at a nursing home. So my fuck you is for my boss, Barbara. That's also a fake name. She has in parentheses. So this bitch called all the CNAs in her office to announce that one of our coworkers tested positive and we all have to take the test as well, leaving out the fact that she herself has not and was not planning to take the test. Bitch, what? Right. She says she does not need to take the test because she is planning to go on a leave, quote unquote, for four months. But you're our boss though, bitch. <laughs> if we expose right. you, exposed, right? Me and my coworkers think her ass is, is the one exposed because she never mentioned who, quote unquote, it was that tested positive and she didn't explain how they even found out. This is hella fucked up and irresponsible. I have four kids and a husband that could be exposed as well because y'all not being transparent about what's going on in this nursing home. But fuck all that. There's people, family members here and they acting like they don't care about it. I swear to God, y'all, I want to quit. But of course I can't. I won't get paid and won't get unemployment if I quit. Our mandatory test is Monday, and I'm not even sure I'm going to show up to work, y'all. I'm lost and stuck, so it's fuck you to them. Thank y'all for letting me vent. People out here need to know how serious this shit is and protect their families. They don't care about us. Girl, <laughs> they definitely don't care. Wow. They're, they're making you take a mandatory COVID test. I don't know if you guys have seen the test or people getting the test, but that shit looks painful. Girl, very, very painful. It's a large ass stick that looks like a damn full time uh, drumstick <laughs> that they putting all the way in the back of your nose. Like, who? I don't want that. Yeah, they almost have to touch your brain to make sure. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm making up shit, but that's what it looked like. First of all, how grossly irresponsible it is for them to 
first, not only be transparent about who it was that had the COVID, because this is why they need to be transparent about who who has it. To see if y'all have been in contact mm-hmm. with this person. That's number one. Number two, the way that y'all are hand- handling this, taking care of, uh, this is a nursing home. Taking care of other people's family, that's a problem. And honestly, I'm so glad. Well, you know what? I'm not glad. I wish you had to drop the name of the nursing home because I would have hotlined the motherfuckers. <laughs> For real. Like, first of all, as soon as they have found out that somebody tested for COVID. Y'all should have said, I mean, well, I don't know. They should have done, they should have came up with an emergency plan to where only one or two people could be at work that day because now everybody, like she said, is exposed. And then you want me to get a test? I don't want to get a test. And then what about all these false positives that's going on? What if y'all test me and say that I got it and then I don't even got it, but y'all say that I got it because y'all little ranky dinky tests say say that I got it. Like I just don't like how they're going about this whole thing at all. And I and obviously the way that Deja put in her letter, it does sound like her boss is the one because how is it that oh someone tested positive, but I'm going on leave for four months. Bitch, if you're the one that has it and you got us all in a room telling us that someone tested positive, you need to say something. Like people are acting like this is AIDS or something. Like, oh my God, I'm scared to even if it is AIDS, you need to be telling niggas you got AIDS. Like don't be oh my God. I'm just I, I just cannot believe how grossly irresponsible they are being. Is is this the head nurse, CNA nurse? Like, especially since y'all work in healthcare and know how serious this stuff is and how and how it spreads. You would think that y'all would y'all would have better measures in place. So, Deja, let us let us know what you end up doing if you quit and to decide to do that. I don't blame you, honey. like my grandma always used to say, I was looking for a job when I came here and I'll be looking for one when I leave. Fuck Ooh. them. They will never, never put me and my kid's life at risk. Now, on the other hand, though, I do have a sister, my oldest sister. She works in healthcare and her job did make them take mandatory COVID tests because mm-hmm. um, she she's a respiratory um, nurse. But so I understand it in that sense, but the way they rolled this mm-hmm. out and was like, oh, someone tested positive and all of y'all got to get tested and we're not going to give y'all any more information. That's fucked up. So yeah, big fuck you to them, Deja. For sure. And if you don't go, don't go to work, girl, don't go to work on Monday. Fuck them. And like Dana says, send us your update. Well, Nessa, welcome back for another week. Another week. How was your work week? I'm scared to ask. <sighs> girl. Well, y'all know I'm on this new team or whatever. Every week has been slow. Like, I, I like I, t- I think I told y'all last week, I've been on this on this new team for like what three months now, and I'm still not even fully trained. Um, so the big news is that we have been waiting from last week for this um, for their earnings quarterly meeting to happen for the clients that I work for. They're supposed to be dropping some like big bombs to let everybody know what's going to happen or what's going to go go forth. So that meeting happened on Thursday. And yesterday I had a meeting with my, I had a, a quick one-on-one with my team lead. So let me tell y'all this. It was so funny because <laughs> I got to my computer and I had a, a email from like, uh, like 
send your package to urgent, send your package back to us, it's your home office equipment as soon as possible. And I'm like, wait a minute, am I getting laid off? And I don't even know it. Like I'm just logging in this morning and find out that I'm about to get laid off. Um, but I clicked on it and it ended up being a fisher, like phishing email, like a scam. But anyway, so I, I got on the phone with my team lead and she was like, yeah. So the, she started talking to me about all this busy work that she want me to do because basically there's no work for us to do. And um, then she was like, well, let's talk about the elephant in the room. And she was like, the client had their earnings uh, quarterly meeting and they announced that there were going to be salary reductions, furlough. Well, not even furloughs. They're going to just lay people off. So as a result, you know, we at our company that we work for, we recruit for them. So as a result, if they get layoffs, then, then we're going to be laid off because we don't have no work to do. They also announced that there was not going to be any more external hiring until October. That's what we do is hire. So if we can't ex- hire anybody externally, what are we going to be there for? So basically she was like, you know, she was like, well, yeah, my thought is you, we brought you on to do this specifically. So you're going to be, you know, we're going to try our best to keep you. I feel like that's bullshit. And she was like, we'll find out in the next few days. So next week I might have a totally different story for you guys. And I might be telling y'all that I got laid off. Um, but y'all know <laughs> I have no problems with that because I don't want to be there no way. <laughs> so honestly, um, I'm like, look, if I get laid off, I'm gonna just find my unemployment. Ain't nothing I can do. We're in the middle of a pandemic. It's 30 something million people that have been laid off. I'm not the only one. And I don't want to do this job. No way. I don't even like this client. So I want to be at home. Like Dana is chilling with her kids. <laughs> How was your week? <laughs> So as you guys know, I'm on furlough as well. And my boss has been keeping up with me via email, you know, just checking in, making sure that everything is everything. Basically, they don't know when we're going to be able to return back to work, which I'm totally fine with. Um, (laughs) The company that we hire for has started back working full time. But they have not said yet if they're going to start hiring people. As you guys already know, a lot of people are not returning back to work because they're making way more in unemployment. So it's the same over here. So they, so I'm not sure if they're going to be hiring soon or whatever. And honestly, I don't care. I'm just happy to be home with my kids, like I told y'all. Um. So that was that piece for like the work part. But on a personal level, girl, I just feel like, um, and this is something that I never even intended to share, but postpartum just came and slapped me in the fucking face this week. Like, (laughs) bitch. Okay. So first of all, I, I'm seven months post. So I had my twins in October of last year and I've been feeling pretty good. Like I've been feeling great. Um, but over the past like two weeks, um, just a lot of stuff was happening. I had to bury my grandmother. And yes, I said bury, shout out to St. Louis. I had to bury my grandmother (laughs) on Facebook live because, um, she passed away in the middle of this pandemic and her funeral was um, on Facebook live because they wouldn't allow more than five people in the funeral home, which was fucked up because she had 10 kids. So it's like going through that. And then um, 
a lot of people that don't know about postpartum, it's not necessarily something that happens to you that causes it. It's like a, a chemical imbalance. So I felt like I had been like fighting it off, fighting it off, fighting it off for like two weeks. And then just one day this week, I think it was either Wednesday or Thursday. It was just like, boom, bitch, I'm here. Fuck you. Fuck you. What you talking about? Postpartum, bitch, we in the building. And I'm just like, damn. <laughs> Help me, Lord. <laughs> but it's cool because I, I got through that. And I knew, like, it's, it's just a chemical imbalance. You know, I, I talked to my doctors, whatever, and I got that shit together. But shout out to all the moms out there. Shout out to us giving up our minds, our bodies, and the rest of our lives to bring life into this world. People don't, if you've never experienced it, you don't know how hard it is and how your body and your life changes after pregnancy. So I didn't mean to go off on a whole pregnant rant, but that's actually what I had had been dealing with this week like on some crazy shit girl no you good like it is like come i commend all the mothers as well um before i had a child i was like i used to see people on social media mothers on social media being all extra and i'm like they being so extra now that i have a child i'm like i commend every mother out there that's doing it especially during this time too so um and you have a right to have your days so uh, I do want to mention one more thing, though. They did. I don't know if you've seen it, Dana, because I don't think you log in. They sent a survey asking, did we want to, like, how we felt about coming back to work? No way. Girl. No. Yes. They sent a, <laughs> they sent a survey saying, like, how do you, asking us all these questions. And I said, I don't feel comfortable coming back to work until there's a vaccine. And I know that <laughs> <laughs> multiple people have taken the vaccine and it can slow the spread. I don't know where these people been when we go back to work. I don't know where they been. I don't know where they who they've been around, who them people been around. So no, I don't feel comfortable coming back to work. And I heard that it was gonna be another wave. So I'm sure not trying to go back to work. We already know y'all nasty. Y'all don't wash y'all hands when y'all go in the bathroom. So I know for damn sure not y'all not gonna be keeping up with social distancing guidelines. And speaking the fuck of, I know we're getting way the fuck off topic. <laughs> but why I went to the grocery store the other day and nobody was motherfucking social distancing. Like people was walking past me, excuse me, excuse me, no bitch, six feet away. Give me 50 feet. Give me 50 feet in this grocery aisle. Like, it was like, what Corona? I was driving down the street yesterday in my own neighborhood. The restaurants were open. People were outside. Like, ain't shit happened. All of y'all niggas finna die. Girl, you is so right. It's the same over here. Everywhere that I go now, even if it's where I'm at over here or if I'm in Carrollton, anywhere, Nobody so they done let up these guidelines and everybody like, oh, I ain't wearing no mask. I ain't wearing no gloves. I'm all up in people's faces. Like, it's a mess. It's going to get worse. But anyway. Anyway, yeah. Speaking of news, let's get on right on over to the water cooler. <laughs> all right. So the water cooler this week is titled, What's Up With Karen? <laughs> so <laughs> Lana Del Rey who makes music. Do you know who that is? Yeah. Lana Del Rey? I know her. Okay. So Lana Del Rey, who makes music for white girls who had suicide packs in high schools. I just want to know what strain of weed it was that possessed you to get online and write this dissertation about how treacherous of a plight that you're having being a missing woman in music. She compared herself to Beyonce, and this is what she said, and I quote, 
I think it's pathetic that my minor lyrical expert exploration detailing my sometimes submissive or passive roles in my relationships has often made people say I've set women back a hundred years. That was her quote. And then she went on to say, you don't hear people criticizing Beyonce or Nicki Minaj about them being naked. Um, pause. First of all, bitch, yes, they do. For you to even say that is tone deaf as fuck. All Beyonce and Nicki Minaj are criticized about is them being sexy, is being them being free and black and all other shit. She had a point, I guess. And we'll get into that. Well, actually, no, no, I'm not going to get into her fucking point because I actually don't care about her white woman ass <laughs> point. Her blatantly ignoring the criticism that women like Beyonce and Nicki Minaj and other black women have received and continue to receive for being confident in their sexuality. It just doesn't sit right with me. Like for you to get on here and think that you're the only woman in the world that gets criticized for your music, bitch, put put on all the clothes that you want to and sing about going to the, the junkyard barefoot so you can feel the breeze who so nobody give a fuck but don't compare yourself to Beyonce don't 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 bring up Beyonce don't bring up any black women when when you're trying to compare the situation because all women are criticized no matter what I was gonna say I'm like first of all if you're being if you're the one being criticized take your own criticism by yourself don't try to <laughs> don't try to add Beyonce and the Beehive because they're going to come for her probably. They probably already did. Don't add <clears throat> Beyonce. Don't add Nicki Minaj. Don't add us in it. Add your fellow counterparts. Add uh the, the addict. What's her name? Demi Lovato. Add uh, <laughs> Not you called her an addict. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm just saying like add Demi Lovato. Add Ariana Grande. Add uh, you know, add your people. Don't come our side now. Let us have our side <laughs> and try to bring us on into your criticism because then we're going to have a problem. Girl, bye. Exactly. And to further prove my point, I'm not negating your experience that, your experiences at all. I'm sure that they're pretty much fucking valid, but you are off of your rails here talking about, oh, Nikki and Beyonce don't. First of all, People, don't fuck with nobody with a hive. Leave the beehive alone. Leave the barbs alone. Leave the Barney gang alone. Cause them bitches, they all gangsters and shit. But like, don't comfort nobody. Don't even speak on it. You could have just very well said, this is how I feel about my music and left it at that. Don't even bring in that shit. But anyway, I agree. moving right the fuck the hell alone. Your boy, Joe Biden. <laughs> I don't even know where to start with this nigga. Actually, let, let's, let's start here. So your boy Joe Biden was on the Breakfast Club. Uh, what was this Friday? Really? Yes, he did. He yes, he was on the Breakfast Club, <laughs> and he said no one should go to jail for drug crimes. Period. Is particularly mar- marijuana. Okay, so that means that you're you know you're kind of leaning a little bit further left than you have been on that issue. But what is fucking everybody? up is the fact that he then went on to say if you vote for Trump you ain't black (laughs) (laughs) I mean they never cease to amaze me like I swear if you don't vote for Trump if you vote for Trump you ain't black they be trying so hard to get us and make us be on their side it's like y'all just Y'all messed the whole thing up. Like, what? Why you have to even say that? What, what, what sense does that even make? 
there's levels to this, okay? Here, here's here's my first issue with that statement. First of all, you're you're speaking to us as a collective, as if none of us have our own thoughts and feelings. None of us have separate um, political parties that we vote for. None of us have our separate vote process. I mean, our thought processes. That means that if one black person is voting for you, we all must vote for you. And if we don't vote for you, then that must mean that uh, we're not black. So that's that's my first problem with that issue. I understand that he was just trying to make a joke. Let the pandering begin. Everybody's pandering. Mike Pence even said some bullshit talking about, oh, I've been a Waffle House regular all my life. So yeah, he, he quoted that to Fox Atlanta. Fox Atlanta at that. We understand that you guys are pandering to us. That's fine. But you should have left this whole line out. I bet all his whole black team was like, no, Joe, don't say that shit. Like, because they let his ass have it. And of course, he came back and apologized and moving right the fuck along with him. Joe Biden is considering asking Amy Klobuchar uh, to be his vice president. Okay, so... If you guys remember Amy Klobuchar, she was the one that was hitting uh, niggas with the one-two punches in that um, those Democratic debates they inundated us with for hellas um, early parts, I mean, later parts of last year. I'm not sure what I'm thinking about that. A lot of people said that she should have picked a Black running mate, but honestly, I don't care. A Black person was just going to be a Black face just to get those votes. They honestly really don't give a fuck about us. So when you go to the polls, use your discretion. Uh, who you want to vote for, don't let somebody tell you you ain't Black for voting for not voting for them. But anyway, speaking of um, how COVID-19 has hit nursing homes, going back to our fuck you letter that we just got, nursing homes with a significant number of Black and Latino residents have been twice as likely to be hit with the coronavirus by as those where the population is overwhelmingly white. Wonder why that is. Not only the families of these people have to deal with this, but the the families of the nurses and the staff in those areas have to deal with that as well. For sure. Like I couldn't imagine. I, my grandfather was in a nursing home before he died. God rest his soul. I miss my granddaddy. But um, I couldn't imagine having to deal with the stress of that and the anxiety of that. Him being there. And like she's saying, people testing positive or just having to look at him through the window. Like that's just, it's just all around fucked up situation. Yeah. And they're still releasing uh, prisoners from jail due to Corona, but not the, not the people that you would think. Michael Cohen has also been released from federal prison. You guys remember Michael Cohen, he was President Trump's former personal attorney that was sentenced to jail for three years. Well, they let his ass out due to Corona. Um, and he's going to be serving the rest of his three year punk ass sentence at home, at his nice quaint home in New York. Child, these people, are they going to let Bill Cosby out? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> so Michael and Paul, well, last week it was Paul, right? Paul Manafort. Paul Manafort. They all get to get out. Why Bill Cosby can't get out? And y'all might be like, nah, Bill, I don't care. Bill Cosby was 98 years old. He was about to die. <laughs> so you know that R. Kelly tried to get out as well due to the COVID and they denied his black ass. <laughs> but you got this motherfucker who is literally committing state crimes. But okay, moving right the hell along. <laughs> So the United States is planning to invest $1.2 billion to secure a potential COVID-19 vaccine for Ast from AstraZeneca. 
Um, the U.S. Department of Health pledged $1.2 billion to ex- accelerate AstraZeneca's vaccine development in partnership with the University of Oxford and secured 300 million doses for the United States. So y'all can get on with this uh, rushed ass vaccine if you want to. I ain't fucking with it. Make sure y'all do that whole testing thing. Make sure that shit comes through and it actually works. Then y'all can talk to me. Period. Period. Moving right along. So next round of stimulus checks have been passed through the House. So, well, it hasn't been passed. There's a new proposed legislation called the HEROES Act, where $3 trillion, it includes a wide range of benefits, such such as a second direct payment to individuals and households up to $1,200, like we got the last time. And then if you have children, you'll get $1,200 for them apiece, up to three children. So that's pretty good. Hopefully that passes. I know a lot of us, a lot of people out there need that money and we're using that money to keep roofs over our heads. But isn't it so funny that they're giving out all of this stimulus checks, billions of billions of dollars, but it's proof that they could could have just paid us our fucking reparations. Y'all had that money. Yep. They're not going to give us nothing. Okay. They'll never give us anything. Like at this point, and let me go back. Did I hear you say $1,200 per child? Yes. So the new bill would be $1,200 per adult, um, $2,400 for married couples, and then $1,200 for each dependent up to three dependents. Won't God do it? <laughs> Girl, we'll, we'll see because it ain't right. cashed yet. Um. Okay, so the last thing that I wanted to bring back um, up was um, Breonna Taylor. As you guys know, she was the young EMT that was shot dead in her home by Louisville, Kentucky PD. They had the wrong guy in custody. Uh, Well, they had the actual criminal already in custody. However, um, they went to her house to serve a warrant. So I got a little bit of the backstory on this because apparently one of the police officers had an issue with her boyfriend. He had been trying to get him for months and months and and couldn't get him. But um, the person that they had already, that the person that they had went to her house to get was already in custody. But apparently one of the cops had it in for her boyfriend needless to say the boyfriend's name is kenneth walker and the update to the story is all the charges that he got from that day have been dropped so them even coming to the house to get him was on some fuck shit because all the charges ended up getting dropped anyway so this girl lost her life they fired 20 shots into the home eight of them landed on her and it's just sad, 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 sad. So justice for Brianna Taylor. And shout out to her boyfriend who he realized that all of this happened because they were looking for him. Um, and he cleared his name. All the stuff that they were trying to rack up on him, it ended up getting dropped. So that's that. That is so sad. So sad. Wow. So sad. A lost life for nothing. Oh my God. I have no words. I have no words. <sighs> For, for those of you who care about Trump, <laughs> I'm moving right the fuck along. Um, <laughs> he went out there and said that the founder of Ford had good bloodlines. Now, y'all know Henry Ford was a Klan's member. So why would he fucking come out and say that? But here he is cozying up to Nazis again. Mm-hmm. Um, and more of the same. Y'all know I hate talking about Trump. I'm not going to give you no big rundown on what this motherfucker's doing because honestly, I don't care. 
um, he can explode in his tanning bed and I'll be like, oops. So <laughs> I agree. I don't condone giving him any energy on black at work. Right. So, but that's all we got this week for the water cooler guys. Okay, guys, so today for our Down to Business segment, um, we are so happy to have Mr. Anthony Winston III. Um, Anthony is an electrical engineer and the owner of Winston Engineering. Welcome, Anthony, to our show. Uh, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here. So I know that you're into a lot. You have a lot of different projects and things. Um, and just to start, can you just kind of give us a background of, you know, what got you into engineering? Like what piqued that interest for, me, for you, how you started and how you ended up to where you are today? Oh, um, I hope there's no time limit. <laughs> That's kind of a long story. but uh... <laughs> You can wrap it up for us. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but pretty much, I, I was one of those really curious kids, uh, always breaking things, getting in trouble for doing it just out of curiosity, you know, due to my curiosity. Um, and when I got to high school, I thought I'd be a network administrator just because it, it, it sounded good, right? And when I went to Arizona State for their summer bridge program, I saw what a network administrator does and it didn't interest me. So I literally took a list of engineering disciplines and lined it up with how much money you can make. And I picked electrical engineering because it was the, the highest salary. Um, <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I knew early on that, you know, the quality of life that I wanted to have, um, even as a youngster. Um, and then just, you know, as a, as a year, years go on, I meet a professor who had been in the power industry. And he said, you know what, you're young, you're bright. It's a lot of people who are retiring. You should go to this discipline. So within electrical engineering, you have different segments of it. So he was like, you should really go into power and work for a utility. So that's that's kind of what I I geared my my degree towards that. And so my full degree is electrical engineering with emphasis in power transmission and distribution. Um, but unfortunately, out of college, I couldn't get a company to move me to Boston because I needed to live in Boston at the time. And so I signed on with Raytheon, which is in their missile defense department. And after being at uh, Raytheon for a couple of years, I started to see how much money they're making. I mean, billions of dollars. So one day I looked at their uh, their financial report that they put out and I stood up in my big cubicle farm and I was like, you know what? I can do this for myself. So that kind of right. Yeah, that, that kind of just sparked the the idea that I can I need to do something for myself. Um and I didn't know how I was going to do it. So a couple of years passed by and I worked for another company in San Diego and I end up getting my electric, my uh, professional engineering license. So once you get that license, you're not able to consult. Um, and I took a pay cut, left and worked for an electrical contractor. I saw how co the construction world worked and realized it was much easier than what I was used to. And while commuting on the train to downtown L.A. every day, I would take an extra laptop. So instead of sitting with on my, um, you know, sitting on my cell phone on social media, I Googled how do you start a business? Um, and I was essentially running a business while working for them at the same time and got to the point where the money was good enough where I can quit my day job. And that was uh, five years ago. Like you said, you stood up and looked out on the plantation and you were like, uh-uh, not for me. <laughs> I like how you said that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, essentially, that's what it is. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, and I learned this in college when I interned at a company um, at Honeywell, I was testing, you know, the pilot systems on small aircraft. 
And one day they were just like, oh, we're laying off all our interns. And at that moment, I realized I'm just a number, um, nothing more than that. And so I kind of had that mentality as I was working for other companies that I need to do what I have to do to, to move my career forward. Because at the end of the day, if they need to get rid of me, they will. Exactly. And they wouldn't think twice about it, replace you in a heartbeat and pay somebody $30,000 less to do it. <laughs> exactly. So you started your own engineering firm five years ago. What did that startup look like? Um, initially, um, you know, once I, I set up the LLC, I knew that I wanted to do things much different than what I had seen. Right. Um, I worked from home. And one, one thing that I hated about working for large corporations is that they expect you to be in your seat from nine to five, even if you don't have anything to do. And that just never made sense to me. Um, right. My thought is if you're being productive and you're getting things done, it shouldn't matter how many hours you work as long as you're being productive. So initially I started out only offering electrical engineering. So what my firm did at that time was just provide electrical engineering construction plans for residential and commercial buildings. And people kept asking me, you know, do you offer mechanical, which is the HVAC system and also plumbing? And I kept saying, no, no, no. And then one day I, I did an audio book uh, by Grant Cardone. Um, and he said, just say yes to everything and figure it out later. And so I, I did that and I found the right resources and started hiring the right people. And we became a full-fledged firm and we all work remotely. And I, I apply that same mentality of, I don't care what you do as long as we meet our deadlines. So if you have, you know, you got to, run a Home Depot, or you got your kids recitals, um, by all means, go do that. Just make sure you meet the deadlines. And so far, I have a really solid team. Awesome. Well, look, I'm like, can I come work for you? <laughs> <laughs> for um, real. <clears throat> so, Anthony, I saw, I, I was reading one of your articles, and I saw you had a couple articles, uh, which is really good because you talk about, you know, some of the steps to, to take to, you know, start your business, and you give tips on, you know, how not to quit, basically. I saw that, um, and please correct me if I'm wrong, that you were in government in in the in the beginning of your career before you even got into electrical or engineering period. What made you want to switch into engineering? Or please correct me if that's the same thing or, or well well yeah, so I was I was an electrical engineer when I worked for Raytheon and I essentially built test systems that tested missiles and radar systems. Um, so I did that for a few years. And after being there for a while, it's like, wait a minute, I'm helping to to create and test things that can harm people. And that just didn't sit right with me. Um, and so after about a year steady looking for a job, I was able to find a job with General Atomics, which was another um, government contractor, except they built uh, components on battleships. So I tested a, a lot of components that shoot you know, jets off the off battleships and also catches them when they land. Um, and then I did some stuff where I, you know, designed test systems for turbine systems for mining. Um, yeah. So I was in government for a while and that's I definitely don't want to go back. <laughs> OK, so I had a question for you, um, Anthony, as far as like your beginnings in coming up and starting this whole electrical um, engineering business. What type of challenges did you face even trying to get your company off the ground? And I also have a second follow-up question to that. Was anybody taken aback that you were a black man trying to get this started? 
Um, in terms of challenges, the, the, the biggest challenges came from actually getting my license. Um, you know, it's, there's two tests that you have to take. Each of them are eight hours a piece. Um, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's very rigorous. I would, I would compare it to like folks trying to get the bar. Right. Um, and the first exam I failed once in college, I wasn't prepared. And then I took it a few years later, I failed it again. Um, and then the third time I passed it. But then once I got to the next step where I'm like, all right, this is how I get my PE or you folk, what you focus on. Um, me and my wife were it. I kid you not. We were in New Zealand and Fiji. She was pregnant at the time. We had just got married. And I'm sitting on a hammock looking at the beach, studying electrical code. Um, and I, I'm like, I'm putting in all this work. I know I'm going to pass it. And sure enough, I failed it. And I'm like, all right, I have to pass it this next time because my wife is pregnant. I don't know if I can do this with, you know, having a, a baby around. So luckily I passed it and, and that was the end of it. Um, but that was really the, the the hardest part. And then also just stepping out on your on your own when you don't really have an example, um, you know, personally of someone who has started their own business um, that you're close to. So I didn't I didn't really have a blueprint of how to start an engineering firm. And I just kind of did it my own way. Uh, and, and so far it's worked out. But in terms of people looking at me, I actually did have one client, a couple clients. You know, when you hear my voice, you you or actually when you see my name, you may not know my ethnicity. And right. you know, you <laughs> you email them back and forth. And then you see me in person, and I, I've had a couple clients, uh, older gentlemen, they're kind of looking me up and down, like, is this is this, who are you? <laughs> exactly. Then, Cause you have a, you have a rich name. So they, funny. they probably saw you like, uh, this is not Sir Anthony Winston. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's funny. My wife, when we were dating, her friends would always refer to me as Anthony Winston third. Um, but no, uh, I, I wrote, actually wrote a post. I did a post about this on social media when you come in those situations, you have to act like you belong there, right? You you have all the qualifications, you have all the training, and you can you can do the job. It's just a matter of being confident, one, and, and just letting them know that you can take care of them and solve whatever problems there are. So I try not to think about that unless you give me a reason to. Um, and luckily, I haven't had any outright, I don't want to say racism or or anything that that will cause me not to want to work with you. Right. Cause I have zero tolerance for that. I know that's right. What, what would you, cause we do have a lot of college listeners. Um, and I know a lot of African-Americans, you know, they, we should get more into like the STEM uh, engineering, mathematics and all of that uh, science. What would you say if they're like, mm, no, I don't want to get into engineering. I'll just go to business administration or I'll study communications. What would you tell them, like, if they think, oh, engineering, automatically, that sounds hard. Or I don't want to do it. What would you tell them to encourage them to, you know, look into some of, you know, doing the STEM, engineering, mathematics and all of that? Um, if, you know, we're talking to black folks in college, I, I equate it to if there are any Greeks out there to pledging. Right. I'm a member of Five Beta mm-hmm. Sigma Fraternity Incorporated. And okay, college- rep the set. <laughs> rep the set. Five Beta Sigma. That's right. <laughs> Uh, and I equate college to your your intake process, if you will. Right. The goal is to try to see if you really want this. I did really well in high school from high school, from kindergarten to high school. I was a stellar student. 
when I got to college, I thought I loved math until I got to college. Right. So you have to break beyond that. And then, two, I understand they're trying to gear us towards STEM, but that's the question should be, what are you interested in? And then once you find out what somebody's interested in, then you make the determination on how you're going to get there. And that doesn't always involve college. Um, you know, I talk to high, I talk to high school kids all the time and they're like, oh, but how do I get to work for you or blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, there are other trades out there. The construction is struggling to find electricians, plumbers, um, HVAC techs. And those guys can make six figures easily. It's just that we we push college so heavily and then that kind of pushes out a lot of people that, you know, have other goals and aspirations and think, oh, well, I can't do anything if I can't go to college. Yeah. And to piggyback off that, there's a lot of people um, out there that just have physical skills. Like you said, you were very hands on. OK, so my nephew is like that. He can look at something and put it together without reading any instructions. But he was never good in school. But yeah. since college and going to school was just forced down his throat, he just kind of felt like, OK, I can't be successful unless I go to college. I'm not going to college. So here is this job at McDonald's. I mean, he doesn't work at McDonald's, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like a, a lot of black kids have that type of mentality um, and they can end up doing something like this. I actually have a friend who went to school for something totally different, didn't like it. He um, ended up coming home for a couple of years and he found this elevator repair um, school for like, I guess it was like six months or something like that. He did that, got the certificate, and now he's making six figures repairing elevators because not a lot of people do that. Mm -hmm. So I think that's I think that's really cool that you, even though you're very smart and educated and you've gotten your success by going to school, I think it's very cool that you let other kids know, especially young black kids, that hey, I took this route, but there are other ways to get to where I am. Yeah. And, and me personally, ever since I was a little kid, it's like, all right, I'm I gotta go to college. Like I have to. Um, but I think if I would have had someone who had their own success without going to college, I may have taken a different route. I don't regret, you know, I, I don't regret anything. Like I live a, an awesome life and uh, I wouldn't take anything back. But um, I do have other outside interests that I think I, I would have nurtured had I had, you know, someone to tell me that. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't have went to college. <laughs> <laughs> I for sure would have never went to college if I, <laughs> I'm serious. The, the student loan debt it, for, for what I do is not worth it. There was nobody though, like you coming to my school telling me, Hey, there's another way. So um, back to Winston engineering, can you give us a little light flex? Because, you know, I've been looking, I've been looking <laughs> on your page. I've, I know what you've been into, but can you tell our audience like some of the projects that you've done, some of the things that um, you've had your name on so that they can know like how, how big of a deal you are pretty much. <laughs> Um, so just to Winston Engineering, we provide HVAC electrical and plumbing engineering permit plans for, you know, residential and commercial buildings. Uh, on the residential side, I've done, you know, small custom homes up to 22,000 square foot custom home. Right. Um, I've done large multifamily housing um, on the commercial side. I've done tons of Starbucks. I've done 7-Elevens. I've done 80,000 square foot kombucha manufacturing facilities. Um, I've done things where I've, I've designed facilities at uh, at NASA, um, you know, car washes and 
Panda Express, most fast food restaurants you can think of, we've we've done it or done something similar to it. So uh, we're all over the place. The only thing we don't do is like large hospitals and, and stadiums and things like that, just because we don't have the manpower and I honestly don't have the desire. It's I like to get in and get out and those projects will last for years. So yeah, we're, we're, we're doing pretty well. I just finished a, a gym. It's a very small gym. It's called Strong House Fitness. Strong House Fitness? Yes. The owner of that business, it's a, a black gentleman, and the architect who hired me was black. That was one of the first times where the entire team was made up of people of color. I love Come on, black men. So it, it's, it's, it's very rare that I, I get clients of, of color, and, um, and it's very rare that I get women, right? Uh, so it's uh, like when I go talk to kids, uh, and it's usually like my wife's school is, I believe, 80% Hispanic. Uh, actually, a little bit more than that. And then my old high school is is a large percentage of black and Hispanic. I'm trying to tell these kids, like, man, construction is where it's at, whether you're in the engineering side or if you're, you know, actually doing the physical work um, so that we can get some better representation out there. Better ref- representation means more stuff for us, like means more yeah. of our brains in the room, means more people considering things that we need, things that our neighborhoods need, our buildings need. Like that's that's why this is so important for people to kind of open up their minds a little bit and branch out of what you think you know. A lot of us, like you said, have been pressured to go to college, be a doctor, be a lawyer, be a nurse, and, and, and nothing about STEM. So I think it's just so cool that you have just, and and you're young, which is like blowing me. <laughs> I would expect, I would expect this type of work and drive and this type of accomplishment for somebody that's like my parents' age. I believe I'm the only black owned MEP engineering firm in California. I only know one in Texas. Bow down to you. Yeah. <laughs> So what was the hardest thing that you had to do? Like the hardest project that you, that's, that, that sent you on the edge, but you ended up, you know, coming back from that. Like what, what was something that was really challenging getting through like one of your projects or one of the processes? Um, this is actually fairly recent. I won't name the name of the firm, but I'm, I'm, I'm a minority business enterprise. So I have my MBE certification. And what happens is you have certain cities who will set a requirement that you have to have MBEs working on the firm, whether it's an engineer, whether it's, you know, technicians, whatever the case may be. And a larger engineering firm, MEP firm, they, they wanted this job. So they said, Hey, can you help us and partner with us on this job? And I said, cool. So we're working through the job and they're starting to to demand for us to do certain things that aren't within our scope of work. And it's getting really contentious. Um, and now we're talking about litigation and, and essentially I reach out to the MBE certification organization, like, Hey, this, this is what's happening. And I'm getting no help at all. And at the end of the day, I had to walk away from the project and leave 40 grand on the table. Um, wow. yeah, it, it, it was a big hit. And of course I could have taken it to court, but it would have been a lot of time, a lot of money, but that taught me uh, a lot more about contracts and just standing on your own, no matter what, and realizing that sometimes you have to, you have to do it by yourself and that these requirements that the government puts out there, it's all for show. Um, It really doesn't mean anything. There is no advocacy if things go south. 
Um, and it's really unfortunate because it's a, pro- a high profile project that's associated with the Ram Stadium. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It, it would have been a, a huge deal to have completed that. And it, I spent a lot of nights up thinking about it, but I, I realized I can't give my my energy to something like this. Let's move forward. Let's, you know, keep doing our other projects and, and just keep moving. With everything that's going on, Anthony, I'm interested to know how's the dynamic changed for your company or what challenges are you facing with everything going on with COVID or are you facing any challenges surrounding that? Like so January and February were um, were awesome months. And then March really slowed down, but we had some some steady projects that we've already had in the pipeline. So it kept us afloat. And then trying to deal with the whole PPP uh, situation was a challenge in itself. And luckily we were able to get it. But then all of a sudden within the past three weeks, it has our business has just taken off. I don't know if it's because people see the, the light at the end of the tunnel because of, you know, things are slowly opening up. Um, but so far, you know, things haven't been bad at all. And I told my employees I wanted to put their mind at ease and I let them know, hey, I won't take home any money if that means keeping you guys um, employed. Um, because at the end of the day, when you find a solid team, you stick with them. And, you know, I, I, I read Simon Sinek's book, uh, Leaders Eat Last, and he, he equates being, you know, a owner of a company as being a tribal leader. Right. As a tribal leader, you are out in front. You make sure that you, t- you take care of your tribe. And and I really take that to heart. That's awesome. That's so awesome. That's really good that your company is in the midst of all this, still accelerating and, you know, doing 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 really well. That means you're actually doing something well. So um, and taking care of your employees yes. like that's a huge thing. We get people right into us all the time talking about how trash their company has been, especially in light of this COVID situation. So for you to take a backseat and it's like, hey, you guys get paid. I'll chill. That is just amazing within this. Everybody go work for Anthony. Like, are you hiring? <laughs> I'm going to say, are you hiring? There's 30 million people out here that need a job. <laughs> I'm actually, um, I'm actually considering hiring a, uh, a senior drafter. Because, uh, I mean, my ultimate goal is to not kind of be in the weeds of the business and to just kind of let it be a system that runs itself. And I check in occasionally. So um, I have about two or three folks that I need to hire to make that happen. It's just, we got to make sure we have the, the cash flow to make that happen. So, well, I, I want to veer off a little bit um, because, like I said, we we read about you and um, we had a bunch of questions. So I noticed that back in the day you uh, did a little bodybuilding and fitness. <laughs> <laughs> How did that play into like, I guess what the word I'm trying to motivation? How did that how did having that piece? of your life motivate you in your business or did those things intertwine or, or were you just so disciplined that you could handle both at the same time? Like how did that work? Um, I've always been very disciplined at whatever, you know, whatever I do. That was just kind of a a weird situation, right? I've always been physically active and I started going to a gym and my trainer, he built, he trains people who do bodybuilding and physique competitions And so I'm working out and I'm seeing people train for these competitions. And one day he asked me, he said, hey, you want to try it? I said, all right. And so it was it was two to three. It was three months of staying in the gym, eating a lot initially. Right. Because I had to gain 20 pounds. Um, 
And then towards the end, I had to cut. So I'm eating a lot of fish, a lot of vegetables. I was vacationing in Chicago at the zoo with my family, walking around with cold bags of chicken and vegetables. I mean, it was (laughs) it's it's one of the hardest things to do in terms of food. The physical stuff was that's the easy part. Um, But it, it was it was really worth it. It's not something that I'm terribly interested in doing again. Maybe now that I'm 36, I can be in a 35 and up group so I can stay away from the young boys. But it's a lot of people. It's kind of an unfair advantage. Right. It makes me think of of us in this society where you do all the right things, but there are certain people out, out there who who don't necessarily do the right things and they still excel. So I, you can tell the people who take steroids right. and it's, yeah, it's pretty obvious. And I did everything. It was all natural, you know, vegan protein shakes. Uh, I didn't, you know, I did it all on my own without the help of something else. So that, that really made me feel good that I was competing with guys who were, you know, pretty roided up. Yeah, I mean, you you strike me as the type that's just good at every fucking thing you do. Like, it just looks like, it just looks like he eats right. He does everything. I'm definitely like, not I'm perfect. Just... <laughs> oh, so, um, well, I have a question, and it's more geared towards um, like mentorships and things. So, you obviously you're a black man you you know what it's like to you know live that experience and even if your experience is different from other black people like you you know just on a baseline level of you know the challenges one that might face do you have some type of mentorship program or are you interested in being a mentor to some of these young engineers who are in college because i told you like we said we have a lot of them that listen um would you be interested in being like a mentor to one of them or having them hit you up with like questions or advice or anything like do you already do something like that because you probably do (laughs) but are you would you be interested in something like that absolutely um i don't do i don't have anything formal Pretty much when I'm called to serve, I will go. Like I spend quite a, uh, I spend probably three to four times out the year. I'm at some high school talking to kids um, about their career paths and just life in general. Um, Ultimately for the company, I would love to have a mentorship program where we're having interns and it's a holistic approach where we're not just teaching you engineering. We're teaching you about life, right? Teaching you about your credit, teaching you about real estate. Um, to get you to where you want to be, whether you want to work for us or not, I want you to succeed. Um, but yeah, absolutely. People hit me up on LinkedIn all the time. Like, you know, I, I appreciate what you're doing. You're an inspiration. And here's my questions. And I always take the time to answer those because um, a lot of times when people get to a certain stage in their lives, they continue to look forward and don't help the folks behind them. And that's a shame. It's so hard, like trying to it, with any you know career field that you go in. It's hard trying to find someone that that would actually help or mentor you or like um, anything like that. Especially when you're trying to change careers or anything like that. What advice would you give to people that you know kind of are in a space where they want to get out of their nine to five or you know and go into entrepreneurship or you know they're kind of doubting like, or should I just stay in, um, you know, the career that I'm doing now? Or what advice would you give to someone that's kind of in in limbo and trying to figure that out? 
Um, I think when it comes to striking out on your own, you have to always keep what the worst case scenario is. Um, it's it obviously it's tougher, especially if you have a family. But if you're single and you have no kids, I told my brother, I'm like, dude, you can live in your car and be okay. You have to always think about whatever the worst case scenario is and how that and align your dreams um, with somehow making money off of it. Because at the end of the day, that's what folks want to do. You want to do something you enjoy that pays the bills. Um, so just you, you really have to just game plan it out. When I when I left my job, I had a project that would sustain us for at least three months. And at the time, my wife was pregnant. So can you imagine telling a pregnant woman, I want to quit my job to start my own company? What? You didn't get put out? <laughs> no, I see. Initially, she wasn't uh, on board. So I'm like, all right, she's not only my <laughs> wife, she's my business partner. So I have to show her, right? I have to show her that I put systems in place in terms of accounting, um, in terms of the business structure, in terms of cash flow, so that she'll feel comfortable about it. And I came back with her with like, hey, here it is. And she was like, all right. Are you a regular man? Just like, <laughs> like you try to tell, you know, your partner that and they just like they don't get it. It, does, it doesn't click. But, yeah, I think me and Dana can attest to that. We've both been pregnant and like trying to figure trying to figure stuff out. So that. <laughs> yeah. So at the end of the day, your, your spouse, is especially when, you know, she's pregnant, you have to make sure that she feels secure. And that's <laughs> that's a. That's a primal feeling of feeling secure. Like it's innate in our DNA. So that has to be pretty present. Yeah, for sure. So what's next for you? What's next for Anthony Winston III? And what's next for Winston Engineering? Like what do you guys, or if you can share, what are your plans for 2020 and beyond? Uh, so personally, this this whole COVID thing has kind of shifted my mindset to you know, I really need to pursue other ways of bringing in income beyond Winston Engineering, right? So uh, me and a buddy of mine, we're looking at doing, you know, an app. I'm also looking to do like some uh, a golf entertainment facility. Uh, wine is another interest of ours. We wow. the, property, the property we live on, we want to grow some grapes. Um, so that's just a few things personally that I want to do. Um, and in terms of the business, keep pushing forward. Like I said, I want to I want to create a system that runs itself where I don't have to be there all the time so that I can focus on building my personal, you know, personal interests. So that's pretty much what I want to do. And then, you know, at before 60, retire and just travel and drink wine and raise my kids and just live a simple life. Yeah, that sounds like the life too. Okay. <laughs> Me too. Can well, you please not forget about us? And <laughs> <laughs> any assistance with any of those projects? Just uh, <laughs> yeah. If you need anybody that, if you need an HR person, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got seriously. you. But thank you so, so much for coming to be on our show and talking yes. to us about your experiences. Is there anything else that you uh, wanted to mention that you didn't or that you want to leave our listeners with? Yeah, um, and it, it stuck with me when you were talking about student loans, um, because I left college with quite a bit of student loans and 
I was lucky to, lucky to lucky to pay it off. And I mean, I would take birthday money, change I found and under the couch, I threw everything at my student loans to make it happen. But you get, you have to look at college like a business uh, investment. You have to look at the ROI, the return on investment. If you're going to spend $100,000 and you're going to major in political science and you have no idea what that career is going to make you, that's a really bad investment. You you really have to look at it as a business opportunity because colleges, uh, they don't really care about you. They're there to give you a product and you have to pay for that product. And however you pay for it is on you. So just right. look at college like, you know, like a business. All right. Well, and I also, and I'll leave you with this, an A costs the same amount of money as an F. So make sure you <laughs> <laughs> So don't be giving her fucking up. <laughs> Make sure that you take classes that you need to take and right. actually going to pass. I like so that. I'm going to steal that. So <laughs> for your wisdom yeah. and for your black man magic. <laughs> thank you guys for having yeah, thank, me. Thank you. Yeah. All right, let's break. It's time for the break room. It's the break room. It's the break room. What's your break room? room? Girl, we've been to all the tea. Hey, hey, hey. it's the break room. All right, well, y'all, for another RHOA update for the reunion part two. Hope y'all watched. Did you watch, Dana? I didn't. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but I, I feel, but I, I watched the whole season. I watched the whole season, so I feel like I already know what they're on their argument about. But yeah, tell me what happened. Girl, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to even really, kind of going over the reunion is like you said, we've already hashed everything out. It's just about them going back and trying to clean up everything that they done said or did. But I do want to say that Kenya, she is just at the center of most of the drama. And I I knew that, like, watching it, but, like, going back to the reunion, I'm just like, she was just in so much drama. I'm not going to say the center, but she was in so much drama. Um, Portia, you know, on the last episode before it ended, Portia was like, she got some receipts about Kenya talking about Cynthia. Um, and Andy read the Anthony read her receipts or her text messages. Basically, Portia uh, King was talking about um, her Cynthia's day is going to come um, or whatever. I'm like, okay. Once again, Cynthia was like, it's okay. We all talk shit about each other, basically. I don't give a fuck. I'm still going to be King's friend. Somebody steady, you know, boosting her and under her ass. Girl. Cynthia, like, what? what is it that this girl... I'm sorry. What is it that this woman has to do to make you see that she is trash? trash. It's okay. It's okay if she says that if she's talking shit about you behind your back via text message to some other bitch that you ain't even that cool with. Mm-hmm. But let Nene do some shit, and, and we got a whole season of drama on y'all. But everything Kenya does, oh, it's okay. It's okay. You you say you have a backbone, bitch. Show us. Show us and check that bitch. Don't keep se- accepting her apologies. Somebody that keeps apologizing for the same shit ain't sorry. That ain't your friend. And she didn't even apologize. She was like, girl, that's all you got. I don't remember the text verbatim, but she was like, you know, her day is coming. And she was like, girl, that's it. That's what you're talking about. You were still talking about me. So, but anyway, Cynthia don't care. So I don't care. Um, anyway, Ken is steady playing the victim, saying that she, you know, feels some type of way about uh, Portia Shay talking about her wearing a wig. You know, Portia was upset because Tanya brought the little wig or whatever. But in Portia's confessional, 
she was like, yeah, y'all, she buys Go Naked Hair, but I ain't going to tell y'all which name she uses it under, which was, you know, a joke. Uh, and Kenya was like, she just felt some type of way, and that was shady. Kenya, for the last time, everyone wears a wig. Who the fuck cares? And all the all the shade that she threw this year was extra from the marching band at Marlo's event to the damn cookie lady. Kenya also tried to act like she didn't. Um, she also tried to act like she didn't bring up the conversation about the whole cheating scandal. Uh, or who? What would you do if your man was cheating on you? Remember at the table in Canada, she brought that up, knowing she was talking about. Um, blatantly, she was talking about Tanya, but she was like, "No, that wasn't. That's not. That's not true." Everybody, everybody was like, um, "I know you." Tanya was like, "You were talking about me," and she was like, "And Kenya was like, that's not true." So, uh, Kenya's two uh, little puppy dogs had to come in. Candy and Cynthia were like, "Actually, I'm surprised they actually called her on the shit." And they was like, "Yeah, girl, you was talking about her." Um, but we already knew that. Speaking of the cookie lady. Candy says she doesn't know if it was messed up about Kenya bringing the cookie lady to their lunch because she wasn't there. Once again, I don't know why Candy so stuck up Kenya's ass, <laughs> but you know good and goddamn well that she was wrong for that. You ain't got to be there to know that. Exactly. So since I didn't watch, what was all of that beefing up that Candy was doing, talking about she's going to get in somebody's ass. What was that all about? Yes, yeah, so that's all I was just about to say. So right when, you know, y'all, we thought Nene and Candy were friends again, child. <laughs> Nene and Candy are beefing about Nene. This is what, what happened at the end of the show. Uh, mentioning uh, Candy allegedly on Instagram. Nene posted about Bravo always giving some person spinoffs, but she didn't mention the person's name, of course. Candy immediately thought that she was talking about her. <laughs> and so that's what they're beefing about. Nene like, girl. So Andy was like, it could have, which I thought too, it could have either been Candy or Kim, Kim, uh, Kim Zosiak or Kim Beerman is her new name. And I thought, I'm like, okay, well, she could have been talking about Kim because Kim also gets a lot of spinoffs. But, um, Candy was like, well, I'm the only one that when you posted that, I was actually in the process of filming my show, doing production for my show. Okay. Exactly. Like, so, I mean, she could have been talking about her. She could have been not. But y'all arguing about that. Like, who cares? Um, Candy, you just won the mass Singer. So why are you even focused on who's talking about if you getting spinoffs or not? As long as they're talking about you, they're talking about you. But she did say, I am embedded in your motherfucking brain, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Candy said. So she is embedded in our brain because she won the Mass Singer, which is crazy. She was the first woman to win. So congrats to Candy. Y'all know she stay winning and she loves to win. So anyways, watch uh, Reunion Part 3 tomorrow that's coming out. Um, Insecure, we are in the season of Insecure, y'all. It is so good. And Kyla Pratt made an appearance. Y'all know Kyla Pratt? She was on uh, One on One. Yes. Uh, become Proud Family. She was a little girl that played uh, Sanaa Lathan in um, uh, Love and Basketball. But anyways, she was on there, which was, it was amazing. The show was, was really good. I'm not going to do a spoiler because I know you haven't seen it yet. But I will say Kyla Pratt did her wrong. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it was very funny. And we're slowly starting to see Issa and Molly's relationship play out. And I don't know if it's going to be for the better, for the worse. I don't know. Um, we'll just have to see. Anyways, 
Speaking of Issa, she's in a new movie, new movie alert. Uh, Love Birds. It was supposed to come out in theaters, but of course, with everything going on with COVID, it came out on Netflix yesterday. So, y'all, I love Issa Rae. Like, everything she does is just like, I just love her. She is pure magical. She is. She is pure black girl magic, and she loves putting people on. Her and uh, Kyla Cray actually went on live on Thursday, and they were she was and Issa was talking to Kyla and just like I wouldn't been be here if it weren't for you, and just you know it's just like really good to see them like you know two black women pumping each other up. But anyway, Issa Rae, y'all watch her new movie, even if it ain't good, y'all watch it anyway. And shout out to Issa. She's always putting mugs on. Like for y'all who have been. Um, watching her when she had the Awkward Black Girl series on Netflix. I'm sorry, not Netflix. YouTube. She was doing that herself. The production, the shooting, the writing. She did all of that by herself. And some of those actors in there were some of her colleagues. um, I'm sorry, not her colleagues. Some of her classmates. um, Because she went to, uh, oh my God, University of Southern California, USC. So some of those people are her friends, and she even brought them along with her to Insecure, some of them. Um, the guy that plays um, the, uh, oh my God, what is his name? He's the one that's um, in the gang. He's a, I guess he's a blood or a crip, and he pronounces everything with a B. Yes, okay, him. Yes, 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 yes. I know, yes. I know exactly what you're talking about. He was a part of that YouTube show that she has. So shout out to Issa Rae. She be putting yeah. people on. She room for everybody black. We room for you, girls. <laughs> shine on, shine on. Right, for real. So um, I don't think there's any new music out right now. I guess with COVID, these um, these celebrities, they trying to figure out their next check child because they ain't going on no concerts. They ain't doing no shows. All that stuff is cut out. Well, niggas rejoice this week because Future dropped his new uh, album. Um, yeah. Did you listen to it? I have not, but I, I also heard that it, it wasn't good either. But I am going to give it a listen because I'm going to listen to it myself. But it's called High Off Life. Um, and of course, you know, bum niggas everywhere rejoice. Like, yeah, our dudes, our toxic favorite toxic niggas back with a new uh, album. Also, Gunna released... Um, a single called Wanna. <laughs> Wanna release Wanna. Okay. <laughs> Gonna release a song called Wanna. And I actually like it. You know, it's a, it's a, like a little, you know, a little trap pop. And that's pretty much all like the new music that I know of. There's some new gospel music for those of you who wants to praise the Lord. Hillsong United released their new um, album this week as well. It's called Another in the Fire. It's an EP from Hillsong yeah so um yeah well y'all go check all that out um and that's all i have for the break room oh actually wanna is an album it's not a single it's a single called wanna on the album called wanna by gunna (laughs) okay bars like (laughs) (laughs) oh lord i haven't listened to that either but what is Gunna sing? Because remind me, girl, all these people sound alike. So Gunna is a dude, to me, all his best songs are features with other people. Like he has this song with, um, uh, God damn it, uh, Roddy Rich. I love Roddy Rich now. You know this song. Um, it's called Don't Want to Start With Me. And oh, yeah, this album. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's Gunna. Oh. And then okay. he has a he has a couple of songs with little baby that go um stun too hard don't stand too close you gonna fuck around and drown off this wave he's on oh, that yeah, I heard it okay yeah. 
Look, I have to, I have to sing the songs for nothing. <laughs> oh my gosh. Right. Don't come for me. <laughs> I know that. I know that. Okay, okay, okay. I got you. The last thing I wanted to mention, guys, is the BET Awards. They are coming on. Yes, the BET Awards coming on, and it is going to be 100% virtual. <gasps> no. What they going to uh, do before them on their on they kitchen uh, counters? Girl, I have no idea, but I can't wait to see this this fuckery. I can't yes. wait to see all the technical difficulties and all this other <laughs> bullshit. But I mean, this doesn't mean anything because a lot of us have been watching the BT Awards virtually our whole life. Got right. <laughs> I'm interested in how they're going to do the performances and give away the awards. It should be it should be a good show, I think. Girl, I'm I'm like you said, the fuckery. I'm I'm excited to see, and we definitely gonna report on it. Okay. The BET Awards will be held virtually on June the 28th. Okay. Well, we'll be watching and we'll be reporting. Ciao. We'll see. So last week, guys, um, I forgot to tell you that some of you have already figured out, but you can now submit your fuck yous on our website anonymously. Um, for real this time. So you can just go to our website, blackandworkpod.com, scroll all the way to the bottom. There's a form in which you can submit your fuck you totally anonymous, totally, totally anonymously. You don't have to use your email or name or anything like that. Um, you know, just in case, you know, you're feeling real scared or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, send your fuck you to blackandworkpod at gmail.com. We just want to thank you guys so much for the love for our rollout last week. Like, obviously, we were a little bit nervous about, you know, switching up the site, switching up the show format and everything. And you guys came through and showed mad love. So thank you so, 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 so much for that. It's just going to keep us motivated to keep going. Um, and of course, if you guys have any show ideas or anything, let us know. Yes, please. If y'all want us to talk about anything on the break room, if y'all know any new music that we don't know about, please let us know that too. Um, but yes, thank y'all so much for the love and continuing to rock with us, even though we are virtual. <laughs> right. And we want to thank our guest, Anthony Winston third for coming through. You guys go check out Winston Engineering. Even if you're not engineering person or interested at all, it's like he said, he's very young and he's been able to accomplish this stuff and he's open to, you know, apprenticing someone. So check him out, check out what he does and get inspired. Get inspired. That's what we want for you guys. For sure. <laughs> Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. 
Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.